oh, this is going to be so awesome. This is going to be the most amazing thing ever. It's going to work perfectly. Today's process is this. Control your expectations. Sit back, relax. Let's light the lantern. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here, lawyer, entrepreneur, and your guide to the understory. The understory is filled with monsters and bandits. But if you want to start, grow, or pivot from a business, this is the place for you. Admission to the understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, Rangers? Those of you who are in the understory against your will, and those of you who are in the understory on paper, on purpose, Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. So, floating time block today. Wow, we are 24 episodes away from hitting our goal of 365 and 365, and we are approximately 13 days away. So just two a days, one regular podcast a day, and one floating time block a day, and we are there. And what I'm the most excited about is that we're going to hit our goal um, comfortably. And my preference would not have to be a themed day to if we need to, like if I fall behind, so if, I, if I don't be consistent for the next 11 days, like perfectly consistent, um, then I'm going to have to do a theme day when we get close to the end to make up whatever the difference is. And I don't want to do that. Now, that's not to say I may be forced to do it because we're hitting the goal no matter what we're hitting this goal. Um, and, you know, I don't I don't know. I just don't want to do that. So, but you know, I don't control the universe and I don't know what's going to happen in the next 11 days. So stuff could come up and, you know, might throw us off. I don't know, but I'm feeling good. I got up at 5.07 today. Everything's pointing towards, um, we're going to make it just using our normal, our normal day-to-day, uh, productivity schema, which is a word that, uh, I enjoy. I've never used it myself in conversation except for right now, but uh, there are two people that I've been listening to that uh, have used that word schema, and um, I think I used it correctly and in context, but let's get into the story today. So to tomorrow, um, tomorrow, was that a person? Is that a little, am I about to have a divine interruption? No, false alarm, it's the dryer. Tomorrow, my book comes in the mail, and I will hold a physical copy in my hot little hands tomorrow. And I will then present that physical copy to my wife. Now, there's a scene in back, one of the Back to the Futures where, I don't know, if, I don't, guys, Back to the Futures is so old now that most people haven't seen them. Well, Marty McFly, the like super successful version of Marty McFly, gets a package in the mail and opens it up and it's like his his science fiction you know a bunch of his science fiction books and he shows it to Marty and goes see Marty if you just put your mind to something you can achieve whatever you want right and um, it's like this big this big to do in the movie okay and that is not what we're going this is not what we're going to do tomorrow there's not going to be a life lesson or any kind of uh, to my, any kind of coaching statement to my wife or to my children at that time and the reason is is that I have no idea how this book is going to be received by my wife. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's going to be positive. Okay. Uh, cause she knows about it and she's already said, Oh, like, uh, you know, just giving me support about the book and all that. Um, but like the absolute worst thing that I, you could do is, is place an expectation upon your spouse to react in whatever way that you want them to react in. Because, uh, the only person who's going to react the way that you think 
that uh, that a person should react to that kind of event is you. The only person that agrees with you 100% is you. The only person who views the world like you view is you. Like, you don't don't place expectations upon others uh, about how you know about how you think they should act in certain scenarios positively. Okay. Now, am I saying don't have expectations of others? No, because I think you can have a normal expectation of someone. Like, if I was to hand the book to my wife and she's like. You're the dumbest human being alive. This is never going to work. There's not. No one's going to buy this book. I hate the cover. I hate you. Like, yeah, that's 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 you. You can get upset about that reaction because that's kind of outside the realms of civil society. So I'm not saying don't have expectations. We all have expectations. Um, what I am saying though is is don't have extravagant expectations about how you or other people are going to feel about a certain situation because you're just setting yourself up for failure and you're setting other people up for failure. Here's another example. So um, when my first child was born, before my first child was born, I can't maybe it was my first child or my second child. Um, Maybe it was my second child because of the maybe it was with Luke. So yeah, I think it was with Luke because Luke was you know we had had Madeline. She's a girl, and then Luke is a boy, and um, and so and then my friend Josh Montgomery, who only makes boys, they have four boys. I, I am convinced that they would if they were to keep having children, they would only have boys. Like that's just what they do. They make boys. Okay, they don't have any control over it. That's just what they get. And um, he told me he said yeah he said when your son is born. Don't have any expectations about how you're going to feel and don't be upset if it takes a while to connect with him over time. And no, he told me that he told me that about Madeline. I think he told me that about Madeline. Yeah, I think he's before any of my kids were born. He said this. And this is some of the best advice that anyone's ever given me, because the thing is about and this is maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But. You know, the one thing that they don't tell men about how you're supposed to feel is like you don't you don't have any connect. You have, you have a very limited connection to the baby before it's born because you don't grow the baby. I don't know if you know this, but, it, you know, the, the lady makes the baby. Uh, you know, you're involved, you know, you, you, you're involved in the very beginning of the process with a glass of wine and a half a minute of awkward silence. Like that's like your participation in the beginning. Um, and then for nine months, all you're doing is freaking out and trying to like keep your wife from freaking out and uh, pretending that you're like totally prepared, totally prepared, you know, for your first kid, totally prepared. We know what's going to happen. No problem. And then the baby arrives and then you're going to have, you know, you're going to have some feeling. Okay. Now it's going to range somewhere between of like, I think the two poles are that doesn't, that doesn't look like me. Is that my baby? All the way to like the Lion King where you just rip the baby from the doctor's hands and you hold the baby up like Rafiki, which I think is the name of the, the monkey. I was like holding it up for the rest of the animals who are like really strangely and there, there's really weird. There are zebras in the delivery room and the zebras are bowing down to your child and they're like, ha ha, and there's music playing and all that, right? Like those are kind of the two poles of the feelings that you're going to have with your kid. Now, there's no right or wrong. It's just like, you know, if you if your kid comes out and you're like, that doesn't look like me. Are we sure this is my kid? Right? To the it's the ah, fucking you know the skies are parting or whatever okay so like whatever like wherever you are between the two between those two poles there's no right or wrong all right 
because you're going to feel how you're going to feel. You don't get to control how you feel. You're just going to feel how you're going to feel. But if you place all these expectations upon yourself that you're like, it's better be like a Lion King moment when a kid pops out, uh, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure because then you're like, I'm the worst father ever. Right. And it's true. Like you don't have the connection, the same connection that the wife does. And, um, and then also too, is it just takes time for men to connect with the babies because they're not, you're not breastfeeding the baby. You're not like the baby doesn't care. Any, my son doesn't give a, doesn't give a shit about me like 96% of the time. And he's three, right? Like I'm watching, like Kristen will go off to this, you know, go off and I'll be watching the kids. And after about five minutes, Luke will look at me. He's like, where's mama? Where's mama? And he'll like wander around. Like, I don't know if he's overbonded to her, but he's like, right now he's like mama's boy central. That's fine. Right. Because we're connecting and, you know, whatever. And like, it's, it's a, it's a process, right? I'm sure him and I will be super connected when he's like 27 years old. Okay. So like, yeah, I've only got 24, 24 more years of, of quietly suffering and silence without any, any, no emotional give back from my son. So like, you know, I, I, I got another 24 years in me, I think. Right. But I, I say this to you because, you know, expectations are like, they're a trap. And both for yourself and for others, because, you know, here's another story. Here's another example I've talked about it before. So I listen to Darren Hardy for a lot. Like I got into a lot of Darren Hardy stuff, um, like the compound effect was very influential on me. Um, I took his insane productivity course, which was, do I say it was the thing about Darren Hardy is that he's highly conscientious and I think his stuff works really well for highly conscientious people. Um, and as, as we've discussed, I'm not highly conscientious. So my processes revolve around like super high creative people that are not highly, not highly conscientious. Like that's my wheelhouse. If you, if you really want to know in terms of like the people that I can help a lot, it's that person because that's me. And I know that I know the struggle is real. I know, I know, um, you know, the trials and tribulations that 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 type of person faces. Now, if you're conscientious, you can you can totally also employ what I use and what I do as well, because sometimes on the other side, like highly conscientious people, uh, they struggle with creativity. So I can I can pull you either way. If you're if you're struggling with letting your creativity, you know, blossom because you're too conscientious, I can help you. If you're super creative and you like have trouble making anything happen because you're not conscientious, I can help you. And those are kind of the two poles where I, I pull people back and forth from because I'm extremely high in creativity and extremely low in conscientiousness. So like I can pull people towards either I can pull people towards either pole, either for now my natural place of being or where I've worked really, really, really hard, really hard to learn some things to make it a little bit easier for you to be conscientious, like the floating time block, which we're using right now. Um, so any event, I, uh, but one of Darren Hardy's things that he did was he talked about the Thanksgiving journal where he wrote every day a year of something that he was very thankful for his wife. Okay. So I was like, well, I'm not going to do a year, but I'll do a hundred days. And for me back then, this was like mm, six years ago, five years ago. That was like my first really foray into, into my connections and trying to figure out like, how am I going to make this better? And I was like, I'll do this. Okay. And so there were, there were, so there were two gigantic, thank God I didn't do that for a year because I'm going to explain it to you. So I did this journal and I handed this journal to my wife. I think it was for Christmas. Right. And so the hundred days before Christmas, every day I wrote something about her. And it's actually kind of hard. It's, 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 it's hard. It's not hard to find. There are a million things about my wife that are awesome. It's just that I don't, 
I don't realize them. Right. Like one thing that was great about that experience was I realized like a lot of things about my wife that I didn't because you're forced to think about like day one, you're beautiful. Day two, you're funny. Day three, like you're great with the kids. Okay, I got 97 more days of things I got to figure out. Right. So when you really start to think about it and you start to have to go deep on those things, you really start to be like, holy shit, like I'm with an amazing person. And uh I didn't realize what I had. And that's a cool place. That's a cool place to be. Um, And also kind of like, oh, I'm kind of a dipshit. So anyway, so but when I I, when I handed it to her, I was like, this is going to be awesome. You know, it's going to be like she's going to like lavish kisses all over me and throw her arms around me and be like, you're the best husband ever. And, you know, the other problem was my handwriting is terrible. And she kind of looked at it and she didn't get it because I didn't do a good job of explaining it because she doesn't know who Darren Hardy is and she doesn't know what the Thanksgiving Journal is. And I was just expected her just to magically know and I didn't frame it correctly. And and then also the other thing, too, was I, I, I didn't take into account that like Darren Hardy is married to somebody else that probably like words are a big deal too because my wife could give two shits about words she cares about results acts of service okay results and acts of service that's all she cares about um so like the the me cleaning the yard gets me like a hundred times more of a reaction than me giving her a book of my thoughts And so, and that really pissed me off when I gave her that book. And I was like, wow, I don't understand. It's like, Darren Hardy says you should love this book. And I didn't say that to her, but this was like my internal dialogue because, you know, Darren Hardy has never met my wife. Probably would say, hey, wait, maybe you need to uh, remember the book, The Five Love Languages that you read that actually is pretty, pretty accurate for your wife. And that you're just because you're a person of words. Like when my wife gives me like a positive word, it's like, oh, it's the best thing ever. Like I love it, right? Because I'm a words. You, I said your words. Um, so anyways, so I learned a lot from that experience. Working through that experience is, is don't just don't place expectations on on people because it, it I could have gone in the tank with my wife on that and just stopped doing things for her totally. Right. So like I'm not I'm not going to, you know, when I so when I hand her my book, when I hand her this book tomorrow, I'm just going to be positive about it. I'm just be like, look, and whatever, however she reacts to it is going to be the right reaction. Um, and it'll be an important milestone for her to see, Hey, it's a result. Um, but again, she's like, well, how many, you know, how many, how many of, how many of these books have you sold? And then I'll say, including this one. And she'll say, yes, I'll say one. And <laughs> so, cause like, look, we're just at the beginning of the process. You know, she'll be 10 times more excited when I say, Hey, look, we, we sold, you know, this many books and this many people, you know, got to get the audio version, which I'm going to record. And then this many people decided to come into my value ladder into the class, you know, because those are all results and, and to get people in my world to ultimately work together with them, you know? And I'm just very upfront about it. Like the whole point of the book, the whole point of the book is not to like, it's not a sale. It's not a, it's not a sales book, sales book in the, in the context to like trick you into working with me. That's not authentic. Like the whole goal of the book is here's my framework. Like I could charge, I could have turned the book into, I could, first of all, I could charge, I could charge a hundred dollars for the book. Easy. I could make it a high ticket book. Okay. Easy. It's worth what's in there is worth more, way more than a hundred dollars. Uh, because if you buy the book and you're in a nine to five and you want to escape the nine to five, just with that book, you'll be able to escape the nine to five. Now it will take you, it'll take you a while 
to, to figure out how to do that with the process I put you in there because escaping the nine to five takes a lot, a lot, a lot of, you know, working on your skills and your environment and your mindset. But there is a framework in there that if you employ it, you'll be able to get what you want. Um, it'll just take you, it'll just take you longer than if you were to come in the, come in the class or if you work with me personally in a, in a mastermind. Right. So, but the purpose of the book is not to trick you. It's like to give you value and be like, get you into my world and be like, if you read that book and you, you'll see how I, I communicate and you see sort of my stance on things. And then you listen to this podcast because there's a year's worth of podcasts that you can pick and choose. You'll see me at my high points. You'll see me at my low points. I cry in a couple of the podcasts here. Like it's, a, it's like, I'm just trying to be as authentic as I can. You're going to get an idea. Like, do I want to work with this person or not? And if you do great. And if you don't great, the best thing that ever happened to me was working with Dana Derricks, but I didn't find Dana Derricks till I, I worked with and then moved on from a bunch of people. It took a long time to find Dana Derricks. Now I believe that, you know, my framework of finding authentic creative collaborators to work with will shorten the time frame for you because it will it'll push off a lot of elite level marketers that don't give two shits about you and that they write books just basically to 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 trap you in their value ladder and not let you out and your success is like a byproduct to them. Um, your success is not a byproduct to me. I want you to be successful because I believe that entrepreneurs are going to play a very that they do play and they're going to play a very important part like in freedom, like in maintaining a free society. Society. Um, you know, one thing that people don't know about the Great Depression, and this one's for free, is that the president went to like the titans of industry and they said, what are we going to do? Right? The government and private private sector work together. And they're like, what are we going to do? Because there's a huge depression and people are suffering. How do we fix it? And they fixed it. Now, you can make an argument about the impact that they had and it was something else, whatever, but they played a role. And who's to say that if the difference between winning and losing is a micron, that that role wouldn't have made the difference if the government would have tried to do it just by itself. So, oh, that one's for free. Uh, I believe that on the days that I'm altruistic, I want to help you and I want you to be successful because going through a decade of darkness like I did sucks. I don't want you to do that. But then from a selfish perspective is um, the more entrepreneurs that I can create, the higher chance there is of me and my family maintaining freedom, not just because of the money, but because literally the society, <laughs> the society is tilting towards non-freedom. So, so there you go. So just control your expectations, people, and get to work. What I want you to do is take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, for the love of God, get yourself a regular journal. You need one. But for right now, take out your Unicorn Trapper Keeper from the fifth grade. And what I want you to do is I want you to write down, when have I not controlled my expectations and when has it hurt me? And just remember, there is no end if it's in the path to understanding. What is up, Rangers? I hope you enjoyed today's process. I certainly did. If you want to get out of my email list, it's very simple. I don't run you through a funnel. I don't have you do smoke signals. I don't have you send me a postcard. Just send me an email at wade at understorylawyer.com. Again, that's wade at understorylawyer.com. Those are my children in the background, Luke and Madeline. I don't have them respond to emails, but I do have them attempt to read all of them, and they are three and two. Three and one, five and two, I don't even know how old they are. However, I'm going to show them all your emails, and if you make the cut, maybe I'll send you something back on how to grow, start, or pivot from a business. I've done it all, and if you achieve all three, you get the triple Lindy. I know what it feels like to be trapped, and I know the way out, 
and the way out is through the understory. So again, if you want to join my email list, just send me an email at wade at understorylawyer.com. Wade at understorylawyer.com.